historical weirdos. This is Historical AF. My name is Natalie. I'm Keena. And I'm Carrie. Yay, we have Carrie again. She is here. We are a historian, a librarian, and a special guest bringing you the weird, funny, spooky, and morbid historical nugs you never knew you needed in your holes. And in those holes is more military jargon that I will not understand. Episode 44, 44, or For the Horde. I will accept all of those <laughs> versions of 44 and probably more. I was going to yeah, say so Spanish and I forgot. <laughs> I know. Catorce. That's no, it. wait. 14, I think, is Catorce. Oh, I think so. Catorce. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's embarrassing. I thought I had. <laughs> at least you're in the fours. Like, at least it's close. <laughs> Versus, like, two. <laughs> that's amazing uh, yeah I'm really about excited about this episode because I have spooky and I love spooky I have random shit up. <laughs> and I don't know if I have anything no you're just here to have fun okay and cool. to correct us because you're the only one actually with legit military experience so I have random and the word I was given was frostbite which at first I'm like, what in the hell? <laughs> One, it, it's funny. It, this came up with it, but it's not really related to frostbite at all. And that is Tootsie Rolls. And the Marine Corps apparently have this historical story with Tootsie Rolls. Huh. And it was during the Korean War. The 1st Marine Division met the enemy at Chosen Mountain. And they were running out of ammo, so they asked for a shipment of it. And the code name for the ammo was Tootsie Rolls. The radio operator did not know that was the cold name. Oh, the code no. name. <laughs> and he's like, well, they need it, and it is urgent. And so uh, next thing you know, like these uh, crates of Tootsie Rolls are being dropped down. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Horrible. It is amazing. Inconvenient, but funny. <laughs> Actually, it's not as inconvenient. They're like, okay, well, we're going to have to improvise because we have all of this. Apparently, Tootsie Rolls can be used to block bullet wounds and, like, as bandages, basically. You can melt oh, them. Yeah. And really? then they can, yeah. Are you fucking and that's with what they use. <laughs> no. No. All right. Here we go. We're sending this in. Snatch. <laughs> the, like, hand grasp. Yeah. Thing. That's what I do with my teens. I'm like, you fucking know what we're doing, okay? You know the <laughs> yeah. Wave on Wanda. (laughs) All right, I sent it in our little private chat. I found this in different areas, so. All right, uh, well, I guess I'll believe it. It's a dot org. I am suspicious, (laughs) though. I am very suspicious. I know. Um, But I found it in a few other places. Maybe, I don't know if these are all the exact stats, but I just think it's cool that they use the, the candy to help wounds and stuff like that. And. They didn't have as many casualties. There were still a lot. There were still thousands. But this did help, though, survive a little bit longer. That has nothing to do with frostbite. But it, where they were, it was really cold. And, like, one frostbite's mentioned, like, once in this little article. And that's why it popped up. Oh, yeah. Uh, it says uh, thousands had severe frostbite. Ooh. Yeah. I can talk it's about like frostbite that. in military members, like, for years, probably. Man, mm-hmm. that's where the sour toe cocktail came from. A bad case frostbite. Wait, what? Heroes that put it in a jar. That's so fucking disgusting. Yeah, Carrie, would you drink a drink that had a a, a real human toe in it? Absolutely not. Mm. I think the thing is, you can drink it slow, (laughs) you can drink it quick, but the gnarly toe must touch your lips. I think that's the saying. It's a mummified toe. Okay. That's disgusting. So I don't actually drink alcohol. Um because I have Crohn's and I'm like a delicate little flower. Um, <laughs> but I did just think about this for a minute. And I absolutely would drink the toe alcohol if I did. Because then I could just say it for the rest of my life that I drink the fucking toe alcohol. And that seems like a pretty cool brag. Not going to lie. It does seem like an yeah. experience that you could brag about. And I think mm-hmm. you get like a shirt or something. I, I have yeah. other things I can brag. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that on my resume. If I had to choose between that and like jumping out of a plane, I would choose the toe. Because I would choose plane. I feel like I would, I would die plane. in a plane. 
And the older I get, the more self-preservation I have where I stop doing risky things because I'm like, I want to live. Yeah. I am going to walk away for a minute and go get my tea. And then I'm going to tell you guys about when my husband um, drank a bottle of salsa. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll be right back. Okay, go for it. Now you just have me on the head of my seat. (laughs) I guess while she's gone, some other cool history, like frostbite things. Is that Hannibal lost nearly half of his army of forty six thousand in just a two week crossing the Alps? Oh wow! Injuries, and I think that's- I think I've heard. Um, that. Yeah. And during the Revolutionary War, Doctor James Thatcher recorded that Washington lost ten percent of his army due to cold related casualties. It's like mm-hmm. it's amazing how much cold will fuck up with everything. Yeah. What amazing salsa story do you have for us? Okay. So going away parties are a big thing in the military. And uh, we had a pre-deployment going away party for one of my close friends. He was one of the groomsmen in our wedding, actually. There was a weird mix of people there that, like, we didn't typically hang out with. But he did, um, like, me as in, like, or we as in me and my husband. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. I'm going to. I tried to stop. So uh, one of the guys there, we were all, I used to drink a lot because that's a common thing in the military. Oh, we were drinking a whole bunch. And me and the the guy who was going away, Brandon, had drank like three pitchers of margaritas and racked up this huge bill. So one of the other random guys was like trying to dare my husband to do dumb shit because that's just what happens in the military. (laughs) I don't know. So he goes, (laughs) I will pay your entire bill if you drink. We were at a Mexican restaurant. If you drink like the pitcher of salsa that they bring out for the table. And our bill was like $120 or something because we had downed a bunch of pitchers of margaritas. And I mean, like we, we were there for like three hours just drinking and eating and being like young airman Ozzy. Get down, sir. (laughs) And um, so my husband did it. He chugged a uh, little carafe of salsa and uh, that guy paid our bill. So. My husband's disgusting. <laughs> That's but, my I mean, story. totally worth it. But for the right reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there is a right reason, it is that one. That's. Oh, and I'm agreeing. That's I'm impressive. Agree with that one. And most mm-hmm. people d- would not be able to chug uh, that much salsa. So pretty impressive. I and love salsa. I don't think I could chug it. He did it to save us money. Respect the game. <laughs> yes. Respect <laughs> to his name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I like it. Frostbite? You have any more? Um, yes. We can go into a little bit more. Yes. So I was leaving off. Dr. James Thatcher recorded that Washington lost 10% of his army to cold-related casualties in the winter mm-hmm. of 1778. And Baron Dominique Jean Loray, sure, that sounds great, <laughs> produced the first systematic medical observations of frostbite while serving as Surgeon General of Napoleon's forces during the ill-fated invasion of Moscow in the fall of 1812 and the subsequent retreatment in a harsh Russian winter. So, like, I just, I don't know, it blows my mind of just what cold can do to us. Mm -hmm. And I know in the winter of 1941-1942, German troops sustained an estimate of of 250,000 frostbite injuries in an attempt to take on Moscow. Like, that's just so many people. Wow. In 1960, Mills published the first major clinical experience with rapid rewarming and included a philosophy of total care for frostbite with his report. Merriman subsequently edited a seminal text, basically talking about more in-depth of the frostbite injury. So that was all I had. It's just a little bit. And I'll, I'll send the link of this article, this little history of it. But it's basically just a long ass list of all the different injuries of history of frostbite. And I just, I think it's just so crazy, like how much just being cold can do to us. Frostbite or like trench foot, which I know was a big problem in World War II. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just don't know. What, what do you got that's spooky? What's haunted? Do you have a haunted foot for us or something? Or yeah. <laughs> No, we have done a haunted leg in the past, but this is not. A, not a Was leg. it the one found on the barbecue grill? <laughs> there, there's a podcast about it, or, or a, uh, not a podcast, a um, a documentary. This guy found like he bought in storage wars. He like or something similar. You know, he like 
bought a storage unit and there was a grill in there and there was a <laughs> severed leg in the grill from somebody who had like lost his leg in a car accident. Anyway, so the two guys ended up fighting over the leg. Oh, it belonged no. to the guy who it was removed from or to the guy who bought the storage unit. Oh, no, I have not heard that. Yeah, oh, yeah we talked about Santa Ana's <laughs> leg. Texas mm-hmm. wants it, and Illinois is like, you can have it when it walks back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Santa Ana. There's a really good uh, King of the Hill episode about that. Is there? Oh, that's yeah. great. Yes. I love King of the Hill. I learned most of my, like life lessons from king of the hill so <laughs> that's funny no yeah. i'm actually gonna do the uss lexington i mentioned it during our patreon live q a that we do because they do ghost tours and people seemed intrigued so we're gonna talk about that and i've been there and it's so fucking cool so here we go it was commissioned in 1943 she has set more records than any other essex class carrier in the history of naval aviation so I didn't know what that meant. So an Essex-class aircraft carrier has been called the DC-3 of aircraft carriers. And then I had to look up what a DC-3 was. And uh, (laughs) that meant it was a legendary prop plane that they said it may travel popular and universally recognized the greatest airplane of all time. So that's just a fancy way of saying this is the greatest aircraft carrier of all time. 24 units were delivered from 1943 to 1950, and it remains the most produced fleet carrier design of all the time, and it was retired in 1991. The ship was the oldest working carrier in the United States Navy when decommissioned in 1991. The Lexington was originally named the USS Cabot, which I found neat because I used to live in Cabot. So I was like, oh, look, that's fun. It's meant to be that we're in Texas. I'm a weirdo. (laughs) During World War II, final construction was being completed at Massachusetts Four River Shipyard when word was received that the original carrier named the USS Lexington CV-2 had sunk in the Coral Sea. So they named this one the Lexington. After training maneuvers and a shakedown cruise, Lexington joined the 5th Fleet at Pearl Harbor. The 5th Fleet was established on April 26, 1944. At this time, it was the Central Pacific Fort. During World War II, the carrier participated in nearly every major operation in the Pacific Theater and spent a total of 21 months in combat. Her planes destroyed 372 enemy aircrafts in the air, 475 more on the ground, and she sank or destroyed 300,000 tons of enemy cargo and damaged an additional 600,000 tons. So she a badass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the ship's guns shot down 15 planes and assisted in downing five more. So, basically, she's just a legend. The Japanese reported the Lexington sunk four times. <laughs> yeah, each time she returned to fight again, leading the Tokyo Rose to name her the Blue Ghost. Because every time they're like, oh, she's finally down, and then she shows up and fucks your shit up. Blue Ghost. Yeah, she's badass. The name is a tribute to the ship and the crew and the air groups that served aboard her. After the war, Lexington was briefly decommissioned from 1947 to 1955. When reactivated, she operated primarily with the 7th Fleet out of San Diego, California. Although not involved with actual combat, she kept an offshore visual with attentions of things like Formosa and Cuba. So all the crisis, she was one of the ones out there just ready. In 1962, she sailed to Pensacola, Florida, and began training operations, eventually being officially designated CVT-16, Navy Training Carrier. Corpus Christi is now privileged to be the selected as the permanent home of this national treasure. Huh. On uh, January 29, 1992, the USS Lexington arrived at Naval Station Ingleside and became a permanent Texas resident. On June 8, 1992, the United States Navy officially signed over the Lexington to the city officials. And on June 17th, she was towed to her final berth on North Beach. The USS Lexington was open to the public in October 1992. And on November 14th was dedicated in a formal ceremony that had like literally everybody, representatives from the military and all the governments on city, state and federal levels. And then also they had a lot of people that had actually been on her. So when I went, it was really cool. There's people that work there that was actually working on her. And then they have everybody's names too. It's really cool. That's really cool. 
Uh, The world's oldest aircraft carrier has since served as a Naval Aviation Museum educational facility and popular area tourist attraction. The Blue Ghost has remained self-sufficient, should ever receive funds from the government, and the revenue keeps this national treasure open, and it's based on grants, donation, and then prices of admission, and then like store sales and stuff. So That's cool. I find it really cool that she's able to be self-sustainable. I imagine that's probably not true for a lot of historical places. So it's really cool to hear one that (laughs) is working out for them. And they do a lot of really cool stuff. I'm going to name some a little farther down. But one of the things that I thought was really cool is they do youth overnight programs. So when we went, the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts were there. There was 300 of them. And they had like (laughs) sleeping bags. And they were like exploring. And then after it was closed, they'd all going to sleep there and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, that's a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's like, no, that's too many. <laughs> no, thank you. I just got some like quick fun facts. So 1,550 men and women, about 3,000 were members during World War II. The length of the flight deck is 910 feet. Length at the waterline is 880 feet. The height is 52 feet and the width is 196 feet. So she is a big bitch. <laughs> Her displacement is 42,000 tons. I don't so, really know what you mean. Oh, water. Like water displacement. Because <laughs> she's so heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her, she's so heavy. And her speed <laughs> is uh, 30 knots, which is really fast. That sounds uh, like a lot of knots. It is. She makes 180,000 gallons of water a day with fresh water production. Yeah. And like. Fuel is uh, 1,500,000 gallons to fill her up. That's that's a lot. There's a lot of medical facilities, and they let you tour them. They're really cool. So they had surgical facilities with 20-bed capacities with two doctors and four corpsmen. They also had dental facilities with two dentists and seven techs. There's a library with over 40,000 books. Hell Yeah. Yes, I, it's that's a so big library cool. for. A I know, I'm like Jeez. that's bigger yeah. than some of our branches that we have. That's yeah, cool. it is so cool. The anchor is 15 tons. Jesus. Yeah, and <laughs> this is really cool. They let you go through the kitchen, and they tell you all this when you go through. But they consume 660 pounds of meat, 164 gallons of milk, and 97 dozen eggs daily. That's that's a shit ton of food. It's so much milk. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And there's actually a registry on their website where you can, uh, attraction-wise, I have to say this is probably one of the most impressive museums I've ever seen just by the interactive aspect. So it's completely hands-on. Nothing is off thing. They've made it so that you can sit and touch and play. And, like, some things you can't that are, like, really, you know, fragile or whatever. But... You basically have the whole ship to yourself and you can do whatever you want. There's lots of people, but it's so big. You don't feel like you're around people. It's just hmm. really neat. They have an escape room they call Lockdown on Lex. For <laughs> that. I yeah. want to hear it so bad. <laughs> Not to and, brag, but I'm kind of an expert at escape rooms. Emery <laughs> uh, and I, we're doing our first one ever next weekend, like for Valentine's. Well, it's oh, not cool. no. It's not actually. It's my And she's like, no, it's not for Valentine's Day. We're not mushy. We're not like that. <laughs> well, no, it's funny. It's uh, it's for another couple. They're like, you should do it with us. We're like, okay. Mm. We're, we're not working that Saturday. So I'm like, I don't know if it's more there. Like we're intruding on their romantic. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they wouldn't have invited you if they didn't want you to come. And then yeah. If they well, invited make- you and didn't want you to come, then they're dumb. Like- well, it makes jokes because... Uh, Jeff and of course Emery and I worked together at a library and we called our- ourselves the Tweedles. I don't know why. We just were the- I oh I said I was they were Tweedledee and Tweedledum and I was uh in charge. And yeah. <laughs> I buy it. I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeff, this is his wife that booked this as a surprise. And but we make jokes about Jeff and Emery being so close and they'll Brandy, uh, she's like, Well, say bye to your girlfriend, Jeff. Like, Jesus. <laughs> so, I'm like, we, I'm like, Well, your girlfriend has a girlfriend, and we're all going to the escape room together. So, 
It's priceless. It's fun. Sorry. Continue, Kina. My bad. Oh, no, you're fine. That sounds fun. They also have several movie theaters. So they have like a Pearl Harbor thing talking about everything that happened and then the ships. So basically every big, you know, conflict she was involved with, they have a big movie about it. They turn it into a giant haunted house from October 11th to November 2nd. That's my favorite thing anybody's ever said. Right? <laughs> it is brilliant. It is brilliant. And then they also do ghost hunts for $50 a person. And then you get to just wander around at night, which sounds totally worth it to me. I'm, oh, I mean, because you spend fifty dollars a night to spend the night at a hotel, so might as well spend it wandering around a ship, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that'd be just so fun. You know, oh. we should do that on our taco on our taco day. We should. I'm I'm here for it. I hope you so fun. I think it only you can only have eight people. So first eight people that want to go out with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all like you have to bring your own equipment and stuff. I don't have any equipment, but maybe I can procure some before then. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of sources changed. It's anywhere from 265 to 370 people died on the ship. So I couldn't get an exact number because they both, everything said something different. But so a lot of people died and she's also seen a lot of shit. So it makes sense that it would be haunted. In 1943, soon after Lexington reported for duty with the Central Pacific Fleet, the ship was torpedoed by the Japanese, killing some men on board. On November 5th, 1944, the Lexington suffered as a Japanese kamikaze actually hit the engine room at the back of the bridge. So a lot of people were killed there. There was others killed just from like straight bullets and then also more attacking planes. And then not only were there war casualties, there were also accidents and then illnesses as well. CBS News named it the third most haunted place in America. So I guess that's a big deal. It says, quote, the vessel has been rumored to experience paranormal activity, including mysterious screams and cries. Visitors claim they felt uncomfortable and have been mysteriously ill. I'm often mysteriously ill, but like any chance I get to contribute it to ghosts, you better believe I am. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I am here for it. The more dramatic, the better. Okay, so Charles Rusty Russell, I don't know, Russell? Great, perfect. That sounds Mm -hmm. great. Director of Operations and Exhibits says that the museum receives hundreds of reports of supernatural activity every single year. He (laughs) says he's experienced several things in his 26 years of working on the ship, quote, I've always been a skeptic, but there's just so many things happening. You just can't explain it. So I think he's just given up at this point. Like, yeah, you know, it's no point saying it. I probably wouldn't. I that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amongst the most famous sightings are a sailor dressed in uniform, helping lost guests find their way back to the deck, which is just so lovely. Are we pretty sure that's just not somebody who works there, though? Or? Well, there's one um, wondering. Several people. <laughs> Like, they don't have anybody in uniform. They have holograms. So, like, anybody that's a volunteer is just wearing, like, normal people clothes. Yeah, anybody can get a sailor's outfit. That's true. A little costume. But a lot of people are like, I turn around to be like, sure, help. And then he's gone. And You'd probably hear somebody running away really fast. (sighs) I'm scared. There's so many people walking around, though. I just... Would you? Exactly. No, like, seriously, it is so fucking big. There were 300 Boy Scouts and then also the normal amount of tourists. And me and Zeke were alone in almost every exhibit. Like, there's just so big, you always feel like you're alone. We barely saw anybody. It was wild. I've never experienced that because there was just so many people there. It's a little city. It is. Which, I mean, that's what an aircraft carrier is. It has pretty much everything to be like a little city. That's crazy. Uh, um, There's also a sailor in the engine room that gives a lecture on how turbines work and then just vanishes in a thin air. (laughs) So they probably think it's an employee being like, oh, this is really interesting. Where the fuck did he just go? Yeah. Quote, there are too many accounts that there has to be something to it, says Steve Bonta, the museum's executive director, said that one of his best stories involved losing six pin caps over the course of five weeks. Quote, I always use a ballpoint pen, and over the course of a few weeks, I lost about six caps off my desk. Turned my whole office over looking for them. My office was spotless. They were nowhere to be found. And the next day, I returned to my office, and all six pen caps were lying side by side in the front of my keyboard. <laughs> and, like, he locked his desk so, or room <laughs> office, so nobody had gone in there. 
There's no other explanation for that besides ghosts. I'm totally yes, exactly. here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love these stories too. But he's like, nobody could have got, I mean, he was the director. Nobody can go in a director's office. So you lock that shit up. Unless it's a janitor. Or someone that picked it or made a copy of this. Or his secretary. But yeah, sure. Ghosts, ghosts, reasonable. Ghosts. He said, nobody's ever been hurt by ghosts and they've never felt like anything is menacing. They're just all very playful. They're Even just being- all uncomfortable and get mysteriously sick. Isn't that? Yeah. Well. <laughs> See, this is my thing with supernatural stuff is because they're like, they will literally just say, it's like somebody with Munchausen's. Sorry, mm. I'm hateful towards ghosts, fucking ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> they just say whatever they got to say to get you to believe it. And I'm like, settle it down there. You're an unreliable narrator. Exactly. But you can make so much more money with a museum if you say it's on it. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. And I'm going to be it. a paranormal investigator Lemons. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the museum's education coordinator says that people or security officers heard running in the hangar bay around 3 a.m. So they looked at all the security footage and all they saw were shadows, which, you know, they said they just like ran up there looking for people because they thought somebody was trespassing or hid. I mean, I imagine somebody could hide after closing because it's so fucking big. How would you even know? They didn't find any. (laughs) A volunteer and paranormal tour guide at the Lexington says he believes what people are witnessing at night are sailors running for cover after the torpedo attack. So like one of those, uh, what do they call it? You guys don't know. You don't care about ghosts. But this thing like where you're reliving, (laughs) like you're reliving a traumatic event over and over and over again. Oh, yeah, like a loop. Yeah. So, quote, they're constantly doing the same thing over and over again, maintaining the ship. He said of the ghosts, he suspects that were in the ship at the time. This was their home and they don't want it to go anywhere else. In 2017, somebody was filming. I'm about to show you this. And this one, I was like, holy shit. So, (laughs) (laughs) this guy, there's, it's like blocked off the stairwell. And for some reason, they're like whistling down at the door or something, like echoes or whatever. And then the door starts shaking violently. And then they all were like, fuck, and like ran away really fast. (laughs) And so they swear that they went to people and they're like, it's a part of the ship nobody goes to or whatever. And they had somebody go down there and it was still shaking when they opened the door. They said nothing was there. So, I mean, there's always a possibility they're lying and somebody was actually there. But if you look at it, like nobody was there, it's creepy. Just let it happen. Just believe in ghosts for a second. (laughs) Uh, You're not my supervisor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 yeah. Share audio. Oh, shit. What am I doing? Oh, this one. I'm a professional. Okay. Are you? I'm trying. (laughs) Trying. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There we go. It's definitely creepy. Yeah, like he. Yeah, I would be startled, and I'll be like, if if not a ghost, then someone's pissed, and I definitely want to get out of their way. Yeah, Uh, it's definitely, definitely creepy. I'll fight anybody. I don't give a fuck if it's a ghost. (laughs) Well, you you got training, ma'am. I haven't had taekwondo. (laughs) I've never had training. Don't. I'm so bad at things. I just like I'm. I'm the clumsiest person in the world. It's a. It's a amazement that I'm not the one that fell down the submarine and broke my leg. (laughs) (laughs) Amazement. Well, I just made up a word. It's a beautiful word. I like it. Thank you. Just like you. Aww. Okay, so in 2018, a man took a photo with a shadow of a man reflecting off the glass. And he, the best line out of this whole video was that he's like, it couldn't be me. I'm 5'3 and 200 pounds. That ain't me. I thought that was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, there's no way in hell that that could be me. I'm I'm a big boy. Let me share this. I already have a response. I haven't even seen it yet. And I've been preparing my... (laughs) Okay, that's the shadow. It looks like a dude, like a skinny military dude with the buzz cut. Yeah. Where's it at? It's a glass. And like there's a video and it shows like you had to have been standing over here for that to happen. And he's over here. Yeah. Because somebody was standing over here and it showed what it would look like. But it's like a really shiny, like exhibit glass over a flag. 
there, I don't know if, if people who are like veterans and whatnot would probably be familiar with people spend a lot of time on military bases, but that's the the honor chair that they set up with this, uh, with the salt and the lemon and the chair leaned forward mm-hmm. for the, like in memoriam. Yeah. So there's a video on YouTube of the guy being like, I'm too fat. It ain't me. So I thought it was funny. <laughs> I mean, that is funny. I guess. I <laughs> yeah. that. that made me laugh. Another couple claim they spotted a dark-haired man dressed in dungarees and a denim work shirt. When he jumped to the deck below, they ran to make sure he was okay, and then nobody was there. Uh, another couple reported seeing an officer dressed in khakis by the galley who yelled at a man to remove his baseball cap, and then That's just straight. disappeared. <laughs> That's my kind of ghost. Have some respect, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Get your hands out of your pockets. That's what I'm going to be coming back to haunt people with. Get your hands out of your goddamn pockets. Your uniform. <laughs> uh, I thought this was adorable. Some painters were taking a short break. And when they came back to do the rest of the job, they found out that it was painted for them. That's the kind of fucking ghost I want that just does yeah. my work for me. Uh, there's uh, another one they described as being a good-natured, incredibly handsome buff, and that's in quotes, oh. uh, blonde-haired with piercing blue eyes, and they call him Charlie, and he died during the Japanese plane attack, and apparently he's seen a lot, so there was a lot on him. Oops, excuse me, I just burped. Um, they say they see him a lot on the anniversary of his death. He's seen working in this area, which the engine room, and he's trying to fix something. And then he likes to appear in front of pretty women. So thanks, Charlie, for not thinking I'm pretty because I was in the engine room and not shit happened. I'm offended, but it's fine. I think you're pretty, Kina. Don't be offended Aww, about the ghost. Thanks. This ghost thinks you're pretty. Oh, yay. <laughs> when a bunch of cadets spent the night on board, some ran around the ship on a dare and they ran right into them in the engine room. So apparently they like shit themselves. But. It's fine. I like to imagine that. Cadets being like, oh, yeah, we got this. No, run, mommy. (laughs) Uh, Once he appeared very lifelike, dressed in uniform, and introduced himself as Charlie to a family and asked if they would like a tour. When they couldn't find him for the tour, they went up to ask an employee, and they're like, oh, no, it's fine. He died in World War II. (laughs) They're like, what? Don't Uh, worry. It's totally cool. He's just dead. Yeah, he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you like to do... He likes to turn off lights and doors, and, and the people that work there are like, he's just concerned about the electric and heating bill. It's fun. <laughs> it's very considerate. What a friendly ghost. <laughs> he is. Uh, one guy was mopping, and he went to go take a break or something. Oh, it said to get some coffee or whatever. And when he came back, he saw a single foot of fo- or single set of footprints in the middle of the wet floor, but there was no footprints going out. So just in the middle walking around, but there was no thing on the edge so nobody could have gotten out and then he quit his job (laughs) you're right you cannot dry wet floors yeah Mm -hmm. i'm so skeptical i'm sorry guys (laughs) people hear a lot of voices some people hear cries i mean a lot of people did die some people say that they hear people be like i'm on fire and a lot of people burn to death so that's really sad some people hear guns which i guess would be startling in this day and age you don't want to That'd be that's a cruel trick, goats. Let's not do that. And then there's like paranormal groups, of course, that are like, I'm gonna find it. So the San Antonio ghost hunters have been there three times and captured a lot of EVPs. And one of the clearest ones they say is somebody saying his name was Kenneth or his name is Kenneth King. That's a hard word to say really fast. Kenneth King. And then (laughs) Ghost Lab which is another investigator, I guess, they got an EVP that says, I'm burning inside the Lexington. And when they asked for a name, said Dawson. So either, you know, they might have watched a lot of Titanic too. Dawson. Jack Dawson. Yeah. People say they see semen like going through walls. That's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Ghost Hunters, the TAPS version that was on TV, it says that they weren't disappointed in their findings, but they were vague, so I'd have to watch it, and I didn't watch it. So that's the answer. <laughs> Perfect. I have other things to do than watch that. But apparently they found a lot, so if you want to watch it, that's fine. But I did not. But that's my... I uh, I have a video where we're walking down some stairs, and Zeke's like, oh, there's a ghost. And I'm like, oh, where? And so yeah. I'm like, 
It's like one of the <laughs> dumbest videos I've ever made, but I'm like, oh, it's funny. So I'll share that. But yeah, I have a lot of pictures and stuff I'll share, but it was one of the coolest places I've been. I really enjoyed it. And I've been like Arkansas has the USS Razorback submarine and that yeah. one was really claustrophobic and I didn't enjoy it as much because I was like, I'm going to get stuck. <laughs> that's, that's actually my fear. Like I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, if I feel really claustrophobic in there, but I would give it a try. That's one reason why I'm, I'm afraid of the escape room too. Like, oh. and Emery is even worse. I don't know if we can't, we can't start solving stuff within five minutes. He's taking an ax to the wall. I know it. <laughs> Work together. That's a trick with escape rooms. It's really hard to do it by yourself, but it's really easy to do it in a group of people. Yeah. See, I'm afraid it's even worse because I used to make escape rooms for the library. So I know like the inner workings. And if I don't make one, that makes me even dumber. Like I know how they do it. And if I still can't figure it out, I don't want to be dumb. I, I feel like that might take a special talent. I don't think I designed an escape room unless it's just like literally locking somebody in a room and not telling them I lock them in a room. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Like I a lot of called kidnapping and unlawful <laughs> detention. Uh, I just watched the Bob's Burgers episode again where they do an escape room. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I is that a part of it? Love oh. Bob's Burgers. I Me too. Every day. I feel mm. like I want to be cool and be other characters and see so like you're such a Linda because I just like seeing everything and I'm just like, bah, you know, and wine. I feel a lot mm. like a Tina most of the time or maybe a Bob. I'm clear. Oh, man. So what's left? Weird? Weird. And I looked up cool inventions that were made for war that we used. Oh, um, cool. Like. If I'm going to be obsessed with anything military, it's actually things invented for it that we use. When I went to the War Memorial Museum in New Orleans, I learned all the kind of cool things that were invented for it. And I'm like, I, I know this. Like, my my favorite one is M&M's. I'm going to just say Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking about that one, too. Also, that was my yoga ball. I didn't fart. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I would totally own up to it. <laughs> the New Orleans one. Mm-hmm. Like the most heartbreaking thing I think that's happened to me in my professional career is that I got an internship at Crystal Bridges, which is an amazing, it's like the top American art museum in the world or whatever. And then the day I accepted Crystal Bridges at like 11 at three o'clock that day, the World War II Museum in New Orleans asked me to be an intern. And I was like, no. <laughs> But yeah, M&M's are definitely my favorite just because they just wanted to provide something, a good treat that wouldn't melt for you. And I was like, that's crafty. Thank you. Ooh. Um, I do love M&M's. I know. I love them. M&M's and popcorn are my favorite. <gasps> yeah, we're all melty in there. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I don't know. Everything's with food because the next thing on this article, the first thing is canned food. So we're going to jump into that. <laughs> So canned food is another good one, and it's from the time of Napoleon and his army. Oh. And a, uh, across Europe, uh, he needed to find a way to deliver enormous quantities of food that would stay good and make it to the front of the line. So in 1809, French government held a contest, actually, and I think that's kind of cool. They released this giant contest to solve the problem with a cash prize of 12000 like, that sounds actually like a lot of money. Yeah, it does. Uh, this sum was awarded to Nicholas, a pet. Sure. Uh, it's A-P-P-E-R-T. Um, Appert. Southern. Appert. <laughs> French don't pronounce all the word letters. I, it's so hard. A pet. Appert. So great. Um, Nicholas designed a sealed glass jar that could be produced in mass factories, and he used his 12,000 francs to build a factory. But sadly, the British burned it down on their rampage through France in 1814. Rampage. But that started the canned food and (laughs) process, though, that we have. Next up is plastic surgery. Oh. Um, during like reconstructive the- plastic surgery? Sorry, mm-hmm. I'll like- let you tell me. 
You're fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, like from war wounds, basically. Mm-hmm. It started around in World War One. A British sailor named Walter Eo was wounded horribly in 1916, the Battle of Jutland. His eyel- eyelids were blown off. It's bad. So, a native of New Zealand, Ely's, had come to Europe and he, so basically, this doctor. Harold, is it Gillies or Giles? Something, something cool. But he basically gave him new eyelids, and it looks like a mask. Like it looks, oh, yeah, poor guy. It doesn't look great, but I bet for his eyes' sake, though, it's a lot. It's better it, than no eyelids. Yes, and like a lot healthier. Because think of all <laughs> the dust and stuff. Oh yeah, poor um, guy. Yeah, be so painful. How do you get your eyelids blown off? Like, what kind of crazy shit is this? It doesn't go into the whole detail of how he lost it. But I'll be another on Google. He didn't lose his lips. Oh. It shows scarring, but it's mostly uh, like up here is mm. taken off. One time I, when I was like probably seven years old, we were camping and roasting marshmallows out at the campfire and I pulled the marshmallow out of the fire and or, and it was on fire and like I flung it up and it hit me in the face and <gasps> the eye and oh, God. they thought I was going to lose an eyelid but I can't imagine like Jesus man like <laughs> poor guy losing his eyelids like it doesn't matter if they had the surgery like a week later it was still he didn't have eyelids yeah, and it took like a year later before he got it. So I mean, oh, oh. damn. Guys just out here living without eyelids, and I can't I live mean, without oh, eyeliner. Just imagine sleeping <laughs> and like you can't blink dust out of your eyes, and then they'd be so mm-hmm. dry. Oh, I'm oh. sure you'd have to like put like a something. I don't know, man. You yeah, you'd have to wear eye patches or something. That'd be like, yeah. I feel bad. All right, moving on. I'm sad now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, next is, like, totally left turn. It's sanitary napkins. So Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm listening. We're going back my to attention. war. <laughs> That's where they came out with that? Was- <laughs> yes. Kimberly Clark, an American manufacturing firm, had trademarked the product uh, cellulite cotton before World War One, And during the fighting in Europe, the U.S. Army distributed this super absorbent fabric as gauze to dress wounds. Oh. Yeah, we have gauze. And then eventually nurses in the hospital use them as like kind of like tampons and pads. And that's how we have pads and stuff that we have now. They're starting with this because Kotex bought the patent for it or bought material and started using that. So I thought that was kind of crazy. And next up is duct tape. An Illinois factory worker and mother of two sons who were serving in the U.S. Navy during World War II, Vesta Stout, noticed a minor problem with ammunition boxes that worried her. Soldiers had to open the boxes by pulling a small piece of paper attached to the strip of tape, but the paper could easily tear off without the without opening the box. So Stout started exploring fixes and in the process invented duct tape. Stout wrote to the pre- President Roosevelt to tell him about the problem and her solution. And it even has like it in the quote. It says, now your son, my son, and our neighbor's son must pull this tape off somehow <laughs> with his teeth and with his knife if he is lucky enough to have one. Nine chances out of ten he hasn't any. The enemy has, has had time to kill hundreds of our men while they've been trying to open the box to get the cartridges. Please, Miss President, do something about this at once. Not tomorrow or soon, but now. Oh. So early after Stout sent her letter, the War Production Board contracted Johnson & Johnson to develop her idea for mass production, and duct tape was on its way to becoming a huge part of American life, like the, tu- like the duct tape tuxedo. That's what <laughs> I'm glad we have. Duct yeah. Tape. Well, that's really interesting. So uh, you're... Your interesting, weird facts have kind of been women adapting and overcoming in weird circumstances. And that's pretty cool. I dig mm-hmm. that. A lot of women have mentioned. What's even best is that that wasn't intentional. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm okay with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm going to find this info and I'm like, this is actually working out. And yeah. yeah. 
Can't hide from a successful woman. Oh, it's kind of amazing. The last one I will talk about is digital photography. Oh. The different type of conflict, the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union also produced a myriad of new inventions. Everything ever accomplished by NASA, for example, um, has its roots in the rivalry between the two superpowers. Today, one of the most popular Cold War inventions is digital photography. Early high-altitude spy planes had to drop rolls of film out of the sky to be developed and analyzed back on terra firma. These drops led to arduous collection missions for tricky in-air intercepts of film floating down from spy planes. And I think that's just so cool by parachute. Like, we just see these little things dropping by. So digital photography first employed in the NASA Air Force by satellite in 1976, solved this problem by taking digital images. The spy planes could then transmit the components back to Earth through encoded radio signals. Oh, wow. I think that's cool. I mean, that's how computers and Internet got started, too, was actually the wars. And it's basically we're all just trying to find a way to contact each other from across the world or with this one we're trying to spy. It's like it's our, it's our first Google Maps, basically. Mm-hmm. Google Earth. And to think that this is the 1970s and we're trucking on, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. We've come a long way really fast. We really have this little techno boom. Oh, man. I got a fun invention. What's that? Paperback books. Oh, yeah. They create paperback books for the trenches. Mm -hmm. Why? why? Like, is it better than a hard cover or uh, morale people are really not happy about being in the trenches and so yeah, yeah i imagine the original paperbacks are about like this wide mm-hmm. and this long so they fit perfectly in the pocket of mm-hmm. a uniform and so people are mass producing the classics at first so that people mm-hmm. in the trenches could have something to read it kind of boosted morale so cool. in grad school i took a class about museum stuff and they were like oh we got this project so the Military Museum of Arkansas basically have a box of paperback books and pinups. And they're like, make an exhibit out of that. So we did the history of pinups and paperbacks because pinups were cool. also used for morale. So oh, yeah. but they're like, you have to make an exhibit where you can talk about pinups, but you don't offend old Arkansas people. And we're like, oh, that's not easy. But we did. And they liked it so much that now it's touring Arkansas. So that's really that's cool. awesome. And I did all the artwork and I designed it and it's really cool and I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> well, congratulations. I know. It's got my name on it. <laughs> my little pinup. I did a pinup laying up against the pack, like a big pile of paperback books. But they had Maybe a should- huge collection of them. It was really cool. Topic suggestion is tattoos for like a whole history of tattoos. And mm-hmm. we had a I whole panel I- on tattoos based on pinups and the That's awesome. war and everything. It was really cool. Yeah, paperbacks are really interesting. It's, uh, and it also helped with the GI Bill because while they're in the trenches and they're reading all these classics, by the time they got home, a lot of them went into more liberal art professions because they were inspired by the classics they read. First time I did know that the GI Bill, Bill was developed in like direct response to people coming home from uh, World War One and Two and just like not being able to move on essentially mm-hmm. and like needing. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. And there's pictures. Uh, I have pictures of our panels, but there's a few of like librarians showing up on the front lines with big old yeah. things of books. So yeah, it's really cool. It's you wouldn't think you wouldn't think, but yeah, whenever you're in like I can't even imagine World War One and World War Two completely completely changed warfare. It was so horrifying. But well, they the mm-hmm. they eva- evolved so fast. I was gonna say evaporated. They evolved so fast. <laughs> the wars did that they the w- w- several countries at a time were forced to evolve with it and mm-hmm. grow larger in technology and corporate or not corporations. But um, there was another word I was going to say similar <laughs> to technology. It escapes me, yeah, but it's, it's a big tech boom. <laughs> and um, it's usually surrounded by times of turmoil. Um, if you look at, if you look at um, 9-11, a lot of technological booms happen because kind of in response to it. Mm-hmm. It's nine twelve right now. I would could have been saying that on nine eleven. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah. 
God, yeah, that's really it kind of blows my mind now, especially we're talking about working with kids earlier that it got to a point where I realized that I now worked with teenagers that mm-hmm. didn't know and they weren't alive or they never saw 9-11. And I'm like, oh man. Your husband probably serves with airmen who weren't alive for 9-11. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I was gonna do something on that and I'm like, oh, I don't know, I'll cry. Yeah. <laughs> the uh art rave rage i just did i was like almost crying at the end because war two gets me it was just so bloody and brutal and horrific and Mm -hmm. i'm so empathetic i just everything makes me feel too many feelings i feel that Mm. (laughs) Uh, i just don't have the feisty fight me so i'm just all like (laughs) i'm just too full of emotions they're just like bursting out in physical acts of violence (laughs) No, that's a good mm-hmm. one. I like mentions. Mm-hmm. Those are really. I mean, I I saw like there's so many. Of course, of course, jeeps and WD forty, and there's just like a lot of really cool things that that we use all the time that was invented for war, but some good come out of it. So that's good. Yeah, little extra bits. Imminent jeeps. Bill Murray doing a jeep commercial. I'm like, well, shit. Now oh my gosh, jeep. It was so yes. good. The Groundhog Day. Uh, so Gary, I don't know if you've seen this. The they, they they bring back some of the Groundhog. You know that movie Groundhog Day. Oh yes, I have a funny okay. story actually. Okay, cool. Um, they bring Bill Murray and some of the original cast, and they do a Jeep commercial where Bill just keeps repeating the day and steals a Jeep with the Groundhog. And, and he was like, he looks at the Jeep. He's like, that's new, and then he like enjoys the loop or whatever. But it has the yeah. same guy that's like Phil, and he's like running around like away from him mm-hmm. so great and then, like yeah, the little mind. groundhog has like uh glasses and goggles and they're going around. oh it's so cute it is it's really cute i'm gonna have to start i'm gonna have to watch the super bowl commercials because i keep seeing people talking about them too and i'm like i don't know but the google commercial that made everybody cry don't worry it got me too i was bawling hysterically i haven't seen that i only know the jeep one just because it popped up on instagram this oh. just avoid every it. google commercial from here on out because <laughs> It's not worth it. It's not well, worth it's it. funny because on Twitter it was trending for being so like thoughtful and emotional, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, "Oh, I got the feels." And then like the next day it was trending for being creepy that Google can stalk you like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Google has all your information. I'm like, your phones literally hear every word you say. They're fine. Like yeah. everything we mention on the podcast, the next day I have ads for on my phone. So I'm like, uh, I see you, Google. I'm not that I mean, interesting to stalk, though, so I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm more worried about, like, the government listening to me than I am about my phone. Um, but, like, you can't stop either one. So just give up and accept yeah. your reality. Well, so You're in mom, the Matrix. My mom will start bitching about politics. And I'll be like, whoever military person's listening, please don't put her on a list. She's old. And, like, yeah. <laughs> old uh, and feeble. <laughs> Well, for me, I'm like, great. They're going to know how many times I buy pizza. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I bought four pizzas and I looked at porn for three hours today. So somebody better check on me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> funny thing. Tell, tell your story. The funny groundhog story thing. Okay. So I thought this was going to be hilarious. We used to have a ton of like, um, because our career field is pretty limited, um, you know, I mean, you don't need a ton of nuclear weapons maintainers in the Air Force, you know, you start to get really close relationships with people. And I mean, I think a lot of people do that in general in their careers and whatnot. But anyway, so we had like this group of 10 friends or so that we like partied together every weekend and we like spent the holidays together when um, when we didn't go home and stuff. So I thought it would be funny if I bought them all a copy of the Groundhog Day movie and then they'd be opening it and they'd be like, Groundhog Day, cool, thanks. And then the next person would open it and be like, Groundhog Day, oh, that's kind of funny. He got it too. And then like it would happen for all 10 of them. And I even like coordinated this like gift unwrapping of all of these presents with like two friends who were overseas. So like all 10 of them could see that they were unwrapping Groundhog Day together. None of them got it. None of them thought it was funny. I spent like... Like a hundred dollars sending <laughs> to sending Groundhog DVDs across the world for nobody to laugh at my damn joke. <laughs> that is an awesome delivery, though. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I put so much into it. If, when they finally figured it out, when they're like, "So we all just got Groundhog Day," I was like, "Yes, did you? You got Groundhog Day and Groundhog Day 
at the same time. Like, yeah. <laughs> nobody, they're just like, okay, all right. Man. We appreciate it. I appreciate you. That. I was That's hilarious. Yeah. Thank you. Because I love that movie. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. good. It's a classic. That and Tommy Boy are probably like, mm-hmm. I love I Tommy Boy. Over and over and over and over again, and never get tired. Oh, so I have that movie memorized. Uh, Tommy Boy. I, I put a jacket on the other day that I haven't tried on in like two years, and I was like, oh shit. I'm like, I'm Chris Farley in it. Because <laughs> yeah. I can't remember <laughs> Oh, it was bad. I like that he and uh, I like that he and David Spade shared an office, and so after the movie, he's like, "David, David, turn around." He's like, "No, I swear, that guy in a little coat. I'm not. I'm not." (laughs) He's like, "It's not. I promise. I promise. It's not that." He's like, "Damn it, Chris, it better not be." And he would turn around. He's like, "Fat guy in a little coat." Just like totally would go for it. He's like, "Like, quit wearing." (laughs) <laughs> he was Chris such Farley's a funny a human angel. he is yeah. he was a funny human gone too soon Ow. yeah Adam Sandler's song about him made me cry like a bitch baby oh did oh, you yeah. see it on SNL he does it in a stand up but he did it at SNL and yeah. I think that it was even sadder because you know he was there for so long and they had all mm-hmm. the as he was singing all the pictures of him being like oh, down God. by the river and all that I was like oh yeah everybody was crying like he was crying singing it was it was a lot somebody told me one time and this they said this in the nicest possible way but i still was pretty offended but they told me i look like chris farley and i've never like stopped thinking about it since then (laughs) i don't think you do i don't don't see see it it. you know white people all do look the same so what can you say (laughs) pretty much Fair enough. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Various shades of pasty. <laughs> so, yeah. Not much different. Yeah. Well, that was a good episode. Thanks for coming back, Karen. Yes, thank you no so problem. much. Oh, I'm so happy delightful. to be here. This has been so much fun, guys. I've so much enjoyed hanging out with y'all. Yeah. This was so fun to meet you. Your good stories. Oh, it was a good theme. I really liked it. I know. Yeah. Too many people. This is probably died. the most I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too much <laughs> death. But it was really interesting. <laughs> we, I, I'm very proud of my dad jokes yesterday. I don't even know. Oh, like- they were good. Oh, I told Tom the E major jo- or the major. Yeah, flat major. Flat major. I said it right the first time. Okay. Not not to you, but to him. I said it all kinds of wrong that time. But um, <laughs> he, he, he like looked at me and did the oh, Carrie, really? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, don't blame me, blame Natalie. <laughs> She joke, not mine. I thought you'd laugh. Oh, that's hilarious. It is a bad dad joke. It really it is. is. Yeah. The one after that, I don't even remember what it was, but that one actually made me laugh. <laughs> they all made me laugh. It doesn't Whatever it was. I like dad jokes. Just gotta laugh. Ugh. Laugh or cry, you know? Laugh or cry. Yes, I choose to laugh as much as possible. And then I cry laugh and it's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I live for the days that I make him, like, legitimately, like, cry laugh. Because sometimes I'll say something funny enough where he just breaks. It's very rare. But I just live for those days. I can make somebody cry laugh. Pretty much the only time I make my husband cry laugh is when I do something horribly embarrassing. (laughs) Like, one time I sneezed and farted at the same time. Standing up when it happened, so I had like a big like physical sneeze, you know, and then I farted and like shuffled my feet a lot because I was trying to hide that. Part. He still laughs about it too. If I bring it up, he starts laughing. I think the best compliment I had memory was when he told me that his face hurts because of how much I make him smile and laugh. Like, oh, that's so sweet. Every weekend we hang out. Uh, he's like, it, it doesn't hurt as much now. It's like my muscles are getting used to it. <laughs> but uh, I, we had, when we had Martin Luther King Day off, so we had like kind of a long weekend. Um, he's like, my face is hurting. He's like, God damn it. Now I'm like, <laughs> like, I can't help that I'm hilarious. Okay. <laughs> my face, I do, I did notice today and yesterday both. I like can feel it in my cheeks. I've been smiling so big. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that's funny. 
Yeah, don't feel bad. My husband makes fun of me more times than not laughing. But it's fine. Occasionally, I'll say something funny. But it's just like, if he's drunk, he thinks I'm funnier. So I'm like, just keep drinking. I'm hilarious. And then I'll tell him again when he's sober. And he's like, that's not funny. And I'm like, you laughed so hard last night. Uh, well, anyway, let's wrap this up. I got to pee really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hungry. <laughs> and I'm bored. You guys suck. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I find you delightful. So I actually, I, like, I totally love this. You guys are my new best friends. Um, I'm here whenever you want to hang out with me. All I care about in the world is this podcast. I'm joking <laughs> about that part, but everything else was true. Oh, we appreciate that. I know I do too. Thank you. Thank you for being on here. Of course. Yeah. We've really enjoyed your expertise in the subject. Well, I'll oh. try to bone up on some um, other expertise area so I can make myself <laughs> oh we got a hello from Alaska hello Alaska <gasps> it's Cassie yay awesome. hey, you're, coming, you're coming at the end but you can rewind and watch from the beginning it's true oh. Those, oh, it's time differences <laughs> I just said yesterday she's like god damn time difference I'm like yeah that's, that's a wild one yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of you guys are on the West Coast and above or whatever. Uh, I felt dumb when I asked Carrie. I'm like, will that be 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock for you? She's like, I'm in the same time zone. Like, <laughs> but we have, like, our past few guests have been yeah. ahead. So I was yeah. like, and I am like 2,000 miles away. So that's yeah. perfectly reasonable to think that I would be. I'm, I'm, Kina and I are basically as far away from each other as we can still be and be in the continental United States. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is true. You're yeah. at the very top and her at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you with the snow and her with all the allergies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I cursed it because it was cold today. I was like, oh, it's so hot. It's so cool down here and now it's like 30. Oh, I was like 36 today and I thought it was a beautiful day. <laughs> uh, be a beautiful day. Putting blankets on my lime tree. Please don't yeah. die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, everything's dead outside except for the evergreens. And there's a few birds coming back. The birds are starting to wake back up. I saw a bug today. It's the first bug I saw in a few months. So that was neat. That's something. <laughs> Experience. Yeah. Yeah. What improvement? <laughs> yeah. I think oh, it was a right. tick. <laughs> oh, gross. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, so, Kina, go pee. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Cassie, for coming in, saying hi. Yay. Uh, and these, uh, yeah, do the things. Send yeah. us a Gmail. Check us out on our Facebook. Join Patreon, www.patreon.com slash historical AF. And we still have that. Uh, thing that you sign up you can win that kit you got all kinds of cool stuff like the live show that we're doing now like hopefully you like it yeah i hope hope this this isn't like now like people like oh god now that we see them (laughs) (laughs) we don't want to be friends with them anymore this is terrible pretty much (laughs) well yesterday everybody was like that was cool and i'm like oh two days of this might be too much (laughs) yeah Well, I mean, it's, sometimes it's not going to work out. Like, next week, I work a lot at painting with a twist. So we'll see how much I can record next week. But we'll we'll, we'll be here, though. So Yeah, I have a lot of, I have a yeah. lot of meetings next week. I feel so adorable. Ooh, fancy. I know. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, we, yeah. And what else do we have? Yeah, we have our book chats and the art thing. And you can host a mini gab. We have so much stuff. So definitely join Patreon. Mm-hmm. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And it's like $2, guys. Just saying that again. $2. (laughs) Yeah, $2. What were you going to buy with that? Two McChickens? Forget that. I mean, if you do 10, you get postcards. And I've been really getting into drawing like an alien scenescape of ancient like ruins. (laughs) That's cool. And then Zeke's like, you know, every single person that has to handle that postcard from here to like you know, wherever it's going to be like, what the fuck's wrong with her? I'm like, that's my plan. <laughs> I like that you go funny and mine's like super heartfelt. Like, <laughs> like I so appreciate you. And then I draw a little kitty cat at the end. Oh, pyramid. Like, yeah, I was right. Aliens didn't build this. And it's like different pyramids. Yeah, it's very weird, but I make it weird. Although I'm like, and then I write like a thank you and 
blah, blah, blah. But it's it's weird. And then I picked the most Texan postcard I can find. Like the last one I sent was like a possum. <laughs> I love <laughs> it was that. like Texas. <laughs> it's great. Mine's Arkansas landscapes normally. Like uh, that's good. I like that. Parks. Yeah. yeah. I got one that's like, howdy y'all. And it's like a cowgirl with like all the wildflowers and the I mean, last weekend was the, uh, they did a, oh, what do they call it? It's not a stampede. It's a, oh, fuck. (laughs) Were they like. A rodeo? It's on the way to the rodeo, but it's when they like corral a bunch of bulls down. a Bull run. Kind of. They're not running though. Okay. They're herding. herding, They're herding them down downtown. Oh, that seems, okay. Yeah. So it's like a thing to like. Be like, oh yeah, it's the rodeo. It's it's wild. They like parade the bulls. They do. Yeah. Wild. And then they have people from like the top of Texas all the way down and they do it by like wagon train and you just see them down the street with their little covered wagons and horses and steers and shit going to the rodeo in Houston. I'm like, okay. It's wild. Although I just saw Lizzo's gonna be at the rodeo, so I was like, huh. I thought I'd ever go to the rodeo. I like that she actually can play the flute. And she's bomb ass at it. Like so good. That's why I get like pissed when people like fat shame or whatever. I'm like, you try to dance, sing, and then play the flute. Come for me, I will fucking fight you to defend. (laughs) (laughs) Money on the mic. (laughs) <laughs> you have lung power to play the flute. Oh yeah, and be able to sing flawlessly. I'm like, she is an athlete. Thank you. <laughs> like, I I posted something about this on Facebook, and I was like, she, this is amazing. Like, don't you can't shame somebody who can do all of that. And somebody commented, and they're like, oh, I don't mind that. I just don't like her music. And I'm like, I don't <gasps> want you in my fucking life. And I delete it. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> like. I will put up with all sorts of nonsense, but not this. Don't you disrespect my goddess. <laughs> Draw the line. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are some things that you just can't forgive. Mm-hmm. Just can't. Okay, so Keena has go, to pee. Go okay. pee. Natalie needs to eat. Mm-hmm. I want dinner. I don't need to work here. <laughs> anyway, thanks for whoever's still listening. Thank you so, so much for yeah, bye guys. joining us. We'll see you sometime. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh, I didn't end my broadcast. (laughs) Okay. Bye, guys.